Hazelnut, cinnamon, black tea, and it's all beautiful to me. Call your brothers magnificent, call all the sisters queens. We all on the same team. Blues and pyrus, no colors ain't a thing. Barefoot babies with no care. Teenage gun told us that don't play fair. Should I get out the car? I don't see Compton, I see something much worse. The land of the landmines, the hell that's on earth. Welcome, welcome to the long view. I'm sad. Uh my partner Russell. I'm Russ. And uh the purpose of this is literally to uh hopefully give people a a different point of view as far as looking at the long the 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 long view of things, the long distance of things instead of the, instead of the constant instant gratification that most of us um, tend to aspire towards, or at least that's what's being preached to us. And one of the things that Russell mentioned just now was the idea of Black Friday, which is the ultimate in instant gratification where people run out and they buy a bunch of stuff they don't need. Sometimes they're buying duplicates of stuff they don't need to impress the people they don't know. And at the same time, uh, cry broke. Um, you know, my son, you know, is 18 and, and and he and I were talking the other day and he has all these different things that he wants. And I said to him, I go, you know, the formula is still the same. You make $100, 50 of it goes to your savings and investments, 25 of it you can spend now. The other 25, you got to wait a week. And that week is that cooling off period so that, you know, you don't see something. Like, oh, I got to have that. And then a week later you go, why did I buy that? except you already bought it. 
at the very the most you could do is return it and then that starts a whole other process of shipping it back and all this other stuff going to the store and i think it's just important that we start the process of living below our means we're living below our means uh everyone likes to talk about you know a lot of people live above their means <laughs> people like to talk about living within your means i really want to talk about living below your means so um you know, Russell, you can jump on that and talk a little bit about that when it comes to the idea of what you've been in shoes and, and all this other stuff. Yeah, Black Friday was a failure. I mean, how many TVs can a person buy? And there were certain stores like Target of Walmart that got busted because they were actually raising the prices up and then discounting it back to the original price so people would think that they were getting a deal. Actually, that's been going on for decades. It's just now they finally got around to getting busted doing it. You know, during this holiday season, so many people get caught up in the season spirit and everything else that they put themselves in debt. I don't know if they haven't noticed yet, but we're in a recession and 2024 is going to be even worse. Uh, people use credit cards. 90% 90, 90 of the people that use credit cards don't know how to use a credit card the proper way. Um, First, and what that? What, the proper way? Well, first, when most people try and convince themselves that they are getting a credit card to build their credit, they're fooling themselves. Um, that's one way to build your credit, but it's not the best way to build credit. And not only that, when you use your credit card and you get it, and then there's the due date and everything else like that, there's a, a certain technique that you have to use to your advantage to use the credit card. It's your util it's your utilization rate, your report date, and your due date. Most people, let's say if you have a credit card, that's $1,000. Most people will max out that card. And unfortunately, if you want to build your credit, you never really, the most you go over is 30% utilization rate. So on $1,000, you shouldn't spend more than $300. Now, here's the other trick to it. Most people get their bill and they pay their bill on their due date, but your due date is not your report date. You need to find out from their credit card company what is their report date that they contact the credit agencies about what your balance is. Once you know your report date, which is normally before your due date, that's a faster way of building your credit if that's what you're using it for. And then what you do is if you should happen on that same $1,000, let's say you go over $300, which you shouldn't. Let's say you go and you spend $500. Well, before that report date, you pay whatever it is you have to pay and get it back below that $300 before that report date. So that way your utilization can stay low and your credit can, uh, your credit score can go up. In reality, what your banks won't tell you, how most of us build credit, is you go, you take $500 or $1,000, your bank won't tell you this. They'll tell you we have programs where you give us $300 or $500 and we give you a bank credit card, it's secured and all of that. All of that is designed for them to make more money off of you with high credit card interest rates. You take $500 or $1,000, you go inside your bank and you give them that $500 and say, I want to take a collateral loan against my own money. You give them the 500, they give you a loan of your 500 back. The interest rate is going to be much lower than a credit card. And then what you do is you take that $500, you put it inside your checking account or your savings account and you have it set up automatically to pay that note every month. So you don't have to worry about it as long as the money is in there. And that's how you build your credit. 
the fast way, not using the bank credit card, not fooling yourself saying, you know what, I'm building my credit, that's why I have a credit card. The real way to build your credit is to take a collateral loan against your own money and the interest rate will be much lower. Okay, so let's say the interest rates right now, uh, I haven't checked today, but they're, they're, they're pretty high right now. So what would that collateral loan, what would that, what would that look like? That collateral loan? Well, uh, each, each, each banking institution is different, but the average credit card is charging anywhere between 20% and up. And I'm quite certain, um, I haven't done it in years, but when, when the credit cards are, were charging like 18, 21%, I would do collateral loans and pay like 4%, 6%. So even right now, even right now, even if your bank went as high as 10 or 15% in interest, that's still much cheaper than a credit card. Right. And, and not only that, if you set it up to pay that little loan back automatically, you don't have to worry about report dates, due dates, any of that. That's a lot of people, yeah, a lot of people run out and they get caught up in Christmas knowing all year round they're living check to check and struggling and think it's going to be any different at that Christmas time that those bills aren't coming January 1st. Although those bills are still coming January 1st. Oh, yeah, and interest rates going to get bumped up by February 1st, too. Right. And that's right. the thing. Um, um, I've been I've been paying attention to this, where now the banks can 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 either raise your rates, or they can change the terms of your credit card thing without really ha giving you much of a heads up about that. Um, right. You know, that's I think all that, that little fine print. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, that's just crazy because well, nobody reads that, right? I mean, when you get that agreement on your phone. And you flip through it, you get to the little thing on the very bottom that says, I agree, and you move on. Like, no one actually reads any of that. And they know that. Right. They know no one's reading and they also make it. they also make it in a bunch of jargon that if you read it, you can't understand it anyway unless you have a finance degree. Exactly. And I think that's something that's really important for us to talk about uh, right now because, um, you know, to the point of what you just made, to the point of what you made before, uh, I'm watching it from Thanksgiving till now. Everyone's saying like, you know, you know, airline tickets are expensive. Um, and you're about to travel yourself tomorrow. And right. I'm listening to this and people are talking about, you know, not being able to make ends meet, the recession. And they're blaming everybody, you know, under the sun. It's Biden, it's Ukraine, it's Israel, it's, it's you know, oil, it's this and it's that. But yet we had a record set of people traveling. And I've always been fascinated by that. I'm like, okay, how could we do? How could we be talking about, you know, how broke everybody is and how no one can freaking afford anything, and yet we have a record number of people, you know, paying top dollar, you know, to go travel. I've never understood that. Well, the crazy thing is, okay, if you're president and things happen up under your watch, the good things you take the credit for, the bad things you take the credit for. Now. This inflation, Biden is the president now. Biden isn't the sole reason for the inflation. Because if you really look into it, and I've spoken about this before, the M1 and the M2 report shows how much money is being printed out by the government when they do what's called quantitative easing, which is printing more and more money, right? The inflation started going up. Because if you really look at it, and the reason why they stopped printing it out is because two or three months before Trump left office, it already started going up. A lot of people, a lot of people seem to forget 
those first COVID checks that you got were approved by Trump, not Biden. So when people are complaining about Biden's just giving money away and all of this other nonsense, Trump did no different. And in reality, this was bound to happen anyway ever since Nixon got rid of the gold standard in 1972. So they've, right. been kicking the can, they've been kicking the can down the road, kicking the can down the road. The only difference is the United States is going to be in a world of a lot more trouble because you've heard me talk about BRICS before, the BRICS nations. They've, they've already formed alliances. They have 39 other countries that want to go up under them. And it's now, especially with this Israeli war going on, the rest of the world is isolating the United States and Israel away from everybody else. And now, from what I understand, next year, Mexico is joining and it's not going to it's not going to bode well for the United States. And, and that's the thing, right? Uh, a lot of people don't stop to think about it because, you know, people people have a hard time. I've always said this, you know, human beings have a hard time with change, but human beings also adapt very quickly. Right. We fight change. We fight change. We fight change. And then when it happens, we just adapt to it. And and that's the kind of thing that, you know, people are just right now not wanting to accept. You know, most people don't know what BRICS is. I'll be honest, I didn't know about it until you started talking about it with me a couple of years ago. I didn't know. And then I started looking into it, and I'm like, oh, wow. So, you know, there's talk out there that the the currency that's used right now is the dollar uh, globally for business. That's about to change. Yeah, that's going away. Yeah, and a lot of people don't understand that, nor do people understand what that's going to mean to them. Because once that changes and the and 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 the uh, uh, language of business changes from English to whatever it's going to be, that's going to be a change. I don't think a lot of people are ready for it. Well, here's the crazy thing: and most people don't know this or never really looked into it. With a lot of the BRICS nations, uh, which is Brazil, Russia, India, China, and South America, and now they have 39 other countries going up under them. These are all of the producers where America buys all, all of their stuff from. And now that they've all, all formed together, a little over a year and a half ago, China and Russia signed a pact with each other that they were going to protect and defend each other no matter what. So being that everybody gets their stuff from China, as, as long as Russia signed this pact with China, Russia didn't care what sanctions that the United States put on because they, they knew that they were all, all good. So okay. So now what they're doing now is they're isolating the United States and putting pressure on the United States to check Israel because Israel is doing what they're doing with impunity and the United States is just backing them. And they're putting a squeeze on the United States now. The only problem is Israel owns the United States. How do you mean by that? Okay, so a lot of people, just like they have Hamas, Hamas isn't the Palestinians. Well, Zionism isn't the same as the Jews. The Jews in Israel, they study Judaism, but they're overrun by Zionism, which is a movement. As a matter of fact, the guy that helped create Israel, his name is Herzl. He wasn't even Jewish, he was an atheist. So what they've done is they've infiltrated the United States, paid off all these politicians. They have a, 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 a pack called APAC, and APAC approaches all of these politicians. Actually, it's kind of funny that we're talking about this because just two days ago, I read uh, they offered AOC $20 million uh, for, for her reelection. She turned it down. 
actress uh, Hill Harper. They yeah. offered him twenty. They he he was thinking about running for office. They offered him twenty million dollars. He turned it down also. So now they gave they're giving the twenty million dollars to somebody to run against him. And when all of this ends, and and what people are going to find out is that all of these politicians are letting Israel do whatever they want to do, and they're afraid to say anything. That's why they're trying to get everybody from the squad out. Because these politicians are taking APAC money and being bought off, and APAC has something on them that they don't want coming out. And you know what? I firmly believe that if they ever made available Epstein's list, I guarantee you most of the politicians were on that list. Oh, wow. Well, let's, I mean, this is your wheelhouse, so I'm, I'm going to defer to you. I want you to talk a little bit more about that because I, I really don't know a lot about this. Um, and you've studied this a lot more than I have. So go ahead and educate the people, uh, including myself, about this kind of stuff because I didn't know any, any of this stuff about Hill Harper or AOC or any of those. Uh, those things you said these these are happening on this is ongoing you're saying yeah, it's, it's ongoing and as a matter of fact they use black politicians APAC uses black politicians to keep other black politicians in line and their go-to guy to keep other black politicians in line is Cory Booker oh wow specifically right specifically wow and, okay and and his backup is Hakeem Jeffries. Wow. Those are those are yeah, big yeah. names. Right. So I've been studying this for a while. I'll give you a small background. You know, I'm a retired police officer from New York City. In yeah. 1994, in 1994, there was a riot called the Berry Street Homes Riot. I was there. It was Latino people versus Jewish people, the Hasidim. And I spent nine months down there. And I, and I got to know their religion well. I've had a lot of conversations with them. And ever since 94, I never could understand why so much conflict between the Muslims and the Jews. Because if you read the Torah and if you read the Quran, they damn near mirror each other. Mm. So ever, ever since 94, I just started following it. So I read, I read the Balfour Agreement, how, how, how everything was formed as far as Israel. And then around the same time in 93, 94 is when they did the Oslo Accords, the first one and the second one. And I noticed that all along the way, Israel kept playing the victim card, but stealing more and more land. And they continue to do this with impunity from the United States. Israel does not follow international law. Israel does not care about international law. And they do what they want to do because the way that they look at it, as long as we have the United States in our back pocket, which is the superpower, we don't care what everyone else thinks. But the unfortunate part for them is they're at the point right now where Netanyahu was indicted. He's supposed to be going to jail. And then mysteriously, this war breaks out because that's what he's known for, defending Israel. So his, his entire thing, and you hear all of this stuff from mass media with all of this nonsense about the Palestinians, um, said from the river to the sea and 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 they want to commit genocide on on all jews that is the biggest load of crap i ever heard first of all that saying from the river to the sea didn't come from the palestinians 
He came from the Jewish Likud party. Wow. So it's it, right. It's it started with them. So, so they keep taking more land. They keep occupying the Palestinians, and the the mainstream media, which is owned pretty much lock, stock, and barrel by Israel, keeps going forward with propaganda and nonsense. Like they said, uh, Hamas severed forty babies' heads, and even Biden got on TV and said that. And then he had to come back on TV and say it didn't happen. You know, they just keep going. And, and the thing is, Israel is upset now because they control the media. Even Netanyahu said, don't worry about Americans. I know exactly how to control and what to say to Americans. But what they fail to realize is that Israel does not control the Internet. So the truth is getting out on the Internet of the atrocities that they are committing against Hamas. And they don't like it. So much so, much so, so much so. Within a matter of a few days, they just passed a law saying that if you say anything against Jews or anything against against Zionism, that anything you say is anti-Semitic. So I, I was just find it funny. I was just I about to. Find it, I was uh, I'm just about to ask you that because that's been something that's been that's been a topic of conversation at the barber shops. You know, with with uh, with you know my neighbors, just people I'm talking about, they're like, you know, you know all this stuff with anti-Semitism. You're hearing about things going on with uh, you know the presidents of I think UPenn was one of the, uh, was one of the people that 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 got caught up in that. Right. Where, where do you think that's coming from? Because again, this is your wheelhouse, man. I'm learning right now. I'm just I'm just I'm a moderator. I'm interviewing you right now. <laughs> <laughs> Where what comes from specifically? Where people are just right now saying there's so much anti-Semitism. Like, do you think that is just part of 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 the the propaganda of it, or do you think that's really on the rise? Like, how? Where no. do you what do you think with that? What's your opinion on it? No. It's both. Number one, it is propaganda, right? Because I find it I find it ironic how Israel always complains about what was done to them in the Holocaust. And they're doing the exact same thing that Hitler did to the Palestinians. That's number one. Oh. Number two, oh. number two, oh. anti anti-Semitism itself is not on the rise. They think whenever they do something wrong and you call them more on it, that you're an anti-Semite. They're murderers. So if you're a murderer, oh. I don't care if you call me, I don't care if you call me an anti-Semite, if you're a murderer. If you murder, if you murder and you occupy people and you commit genocide. And if I say what you're doing is wrong and you want to label me an anti-Semite, go ahead. And that's the problem that they're having now because <clears throat> they don't want anyone calling them on their nonsense. You know what I mean? And just like that's 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 a that's a bold statement, but what did you mean when you said it's both? What does that mean? Meaning that it is propaganda to play the victim role, number one. And number two. The numbers are not on, on the rise as far as somebody actually being an anti-Semite. But what they're trying to do is if you say anything wrong against us, that makes you an anti-Semite. First of, all, first of all, anybody with half a brain would know that anti-Semitic has nothing to do with the Jews. Everybody in that part of the world is a Semite. Palestinians, Arabs, Jews, they've co-opted it to, to mean Jewish. Everybody in that part of the world is a Semite. Okay, explain that. Because I guarantee you, most people that are going to be listening to this have no idea what you just said. What made somebody a Semite? 
being actually being born in that part of the world. And you can go all the way back to certain tribes from the 12 tribes of Judah and all, and all of that other stuff. And here's the other crazy part to this. The other crazy part to this is the Jews that are there now were not the Jews that was promised that land. Okay. European, European Jews did not get into, into Judaism itself until the late 1800s. So the Jews, the Hebrew Israelites and the Arabs that were there eons ago were not white Europeans. But now they've gone over, thanks to Britain. But what happened was that area of, of Palestine was colonized by Britain. Britain told the Arabs over there, if you help us defeat the Ottoman Turks, then we will give you this land, even though they already own the land that they were living on. So the Arabs helped Britain defeat the Ottoman Turks. This was in 1916-1917. So then the Arabs and the Palestinians were living on that land. And around 1946-1947, when Hitler started doing what he was doing to those Jews over there, Britain and the United States got together and said, we're taking all those Jews out of Germany yeah. and, we're, and, and we're putting them on that land. And then told the Arabs, we know what we told you, but we changed our mind. Oh wow! And then, and then the European Jews went there and said, "We're here now, and we are not recognizing any other Jews." So the Jews that were there, the black, black and Arab Jews, Israel doesn't even consider them Jews. The Ethiopian Jew, the Ethiopian Jews, Israel does not consider them uh, Jews. Only, only, only the European Jews and the Russian Jews. That is it. Man, I gotta be honest with you. Uh, I didn't know. We we're gonna be talking about this this deep, and I'm learning. I'm learning, Kiana. I don't know if you are in earshot of us, but damn, I'm learning a whole hell of a lot right now. Um, and we can keep talking about this. Uh, we can keep talking about this forever. And I'm 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 sure over the over the coming months to a year, we're gonna be talking about this some more. But I do want to move forward on on something else because you know uh, time is starting to tick by. Um, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm reading. I'm reading some of the chats. I don't know if you can read the chats, and it's like, you know, you, you're blowing us away right now because I didn't know any of this. And Kiana's saying mm -hmm. she only knew a little bit. I didn't know any of it. I'm not even gonna sit here and 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 be one of these people who try to act smart and this and that. I didn't know. So I'm happy. Well, here's the problem. Here's the problem with that. Here's the problem with that. Israel has a problem with African Americans. Because African-Americans, even the ones that don't know the true history of Israel, black people know when something's wrong. So when black people go online and they see that Israel is just bombing the crap out of Palestine and killing all of these people, I think it's up to 16,000 so far just over the last two months. And I think the United States just told Israel, because Biden sees that with this nonsense going on and he's not stopping it, that he's losing his re-election. So... He told Israel, you got three weeks to finish this up. So what did they do? They started bombing more. Hmm. So they bombed the whole, they bombed the entire north side of, of Gaza and told everybody, if you don't want to get hit, go into the south side. And then when they went inside the south side, they started bombing the south side. Wow. And it just so happens, it just so happens 
that they found out just a little over a year ago that the Palestinians are sitting on a ton of oil. Wow. See? Right. Something else I didn't know. Right. So, so at- how, 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 how convenient is this? <laughs> not for the Palestinians, it's not. But it, for, for once right. again, it comes down, you know, <laughs> all this stuff that's going on, it comes down to money. Right? And even Ireland. Ireland. The country of Ireland, they've been nonstop blasting Israel because Irish people know what genocide is. All the stuff they had going on between the English and the Irish. If you, if you look in the Irish parliament, ever since this got started, they've been blasting Israel. But what's going to happen is... Yeah, I was just going to ask you, how do you see this? How do you see this, you know, concluding? How do you see this coming to an end? Well, I've always, I've always said this. Every time Israel goes on TV and they lie and say, we've offered a two-state solution, but Palestine didn't want it. That's always been a lie. And every time, as a matter of fact, every time when they got close to doing a two-state solution, Shimon Perez and uh, Ehud Barak, Shimon Perez got the closest to a two-state solution and they assassinated him. Mm. And do you know why? Israel why? doesn't want to... Uh, Israel doesn't want a two-state solution because it establishes borders. And once it establishes borders, they cannot steal land. Wow. And I'll tell you something else. The Jews that are really down there stealing land, because this is how I found out about all this, are the Brooklyn Jews. Wow. The Brooklyn Jews have dual citizenship, and they go in there, and they're taking these people's houses. They're taking their land. Wow. I mean, I I got it. I'm going to keep saying it. I didn't know any of this. Uh, I'm learning, right. I'm learning, and uh, I'm humble enough to to just sit down and be quiet and listen, um, because it's it's funny. Um, I was at a I was at I was at an event this weekend, and I was talking to to this couple, and you know they were both like, yeah, you know, uh, there's all this anti-Semitism going on and this and that. Can you believe it? And I was like, yeah, you know, uh, there's a lot of racism going on. There's a lot of there's a lot of that stuff going on. Can you believe that? And it was weird because they were like, well, I haven't really heard of all that going on. And I, and I looked at one. I'm like, where have you been? Like, there's been <laughs> there's been like protests and every kinds of things going on. And you're sitting here telling me you haven't been aware of it. You know, they say it's anti-Semitism. They say it's anti-Semitism if you don't allow them to do whatever they want to do and you'd be OK with it. Well, that's not that <laughs> that sounds like something else I know. Um and, and anybody, anybody that's in politics, like the squad, right? This they're spending over three hundred million dollars to to have people run against the squad. And the thing that got me so ticked off about it is the only Palestinian representative in Congress. She said. Freedom to my people in Palestine. They censured her for just saying that. Yeah, I saw that. And the crazy thing is, but this is the part that I don't get. When they had to vote on whether or not to send more money to Israel, you would think that she would have voted no. She didn't vote no. She just marked president. The only person (coughs) that that voted no, believe it or not, was Marjorie Taylor Greene. Really? Yep. Out of out of Georgia. Yeah. 
Mm. Yeah. Mm. MTG, whatever they're calling her. Um, so, right. so like I said, dude, this 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 is the long view. Uh, I'm sad. Russell's on uh, on the mic here, and I'm over here. I'm gonna interview it today because I didn't learn any of this stuff. Um, hold on a second. I have a question coming in. What do you know about Israel trying to gain access to Africa through the Red Sea via Gaza? Israel trying well, to right now, the early 1900s. What do you know about that? Okay, right that's now Israel's having. That's a hold on. That's a question that just came in. It's not mine. I'm not that smart. <laughs> that's a question that just came in. Uh, uh, that just that's, came in. For that's fine. I can answer that. Right now, Israel is having a problem because Turkey who has like, Turkey, when it comes to the military, as far as fighting, Iran and Turkey have militaries big enough that they could beat Israel, right? Now, Israel has nukes. Everybody knows that Israel has nukes. Israel does not come out and formally say they have nukes because if they come out and say they have nukes, then they legally have to join the non-proliferation treaty where everybody else in Iran, and that means they have to allow inspectors in. Everybody knows that they have nukes, but they pretend that they don't, and the United States doesn't push the issue. Now, the Red Sea, Turkey left NATO. Turkey said, I can't believe you guys are watching this genocide go on. We are leaving NATO. So Turkey left NATO. Turkey and Yemen now took over the Red Sea because they know that Israel can't get any imports going in. Everybody has to go through the Red Sea. So Turkey and, 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 uh, and Yemen, part of Syria, they, they took over the Red Sea. Last week, they shot down two ships that ended up in there. One was, I, I believe, from Israel, and the other one was from the United States. They said, if, if the Palestinians are dealing with collective punishment and Israel is shutting off their water and their supplies, then we're shutting off Israel's supply. And not only that, at the same time, Hezbollah, which is in Syria, the same time, the same time that Israel is bombing Gaza and took over the north side, and the north part of Israel, Hezbollah started bombing Israel and took over the north side of Israel. Wow. I mean, I don't know if that answered the question, uh, sufficiently, uh, but like I said today, well, yeah, I'm, I'm just learning. You know, it, it did as far as the Red Sea. The Red Sea right now, Turkey and Yemen are controlling everything coming in and out of there. So Israel at this point aren't getting any shipments because what happened was when these other countries were trying to send aid, um, humanitarian aid to the Palestinians, Israel was stopping it. As a matter of fact, 10 years ago, when, when Israel... Israel, every couple of years, they kill Palestinians and they call it mowing the lawn. So they had Operation Castlet, they had Operation Castlet in 2014, and they had another one back in 2018. What happened was, back in 2014, Turkey sent a humanitarian ship to the Palestinians for food and stuff like that. The Israelis went on a ship and killed 10 of those crewmen and sank the ship. Wow. So ever since ever since then, Turkey hasn't been feeling Israel at all. And so, everybody keeps saying, everybody keeps saying, well, why don't they just go into Egypt? No, because they know under the Lehigh Agreement, if they leave their land, they forfeit their land. 
So they can't, so that, so that they're caught between a rock and a hard place. They can't leave. Right. But, but, but they're being punished for staying. Right. Wow. I mean, and, one, is, and once Israel, and once Israel found out that there's oil up under that land, all bets are off. Right. Right. Because again, it comes down to money. Right. It comes down to the money. And, and especially in that part of the world, uh, if you're in the oil game, you're in the game. You know, you're there's a like guy, there's a guy, I read his book a few years ago. He's, he's a, he's an ex-Marine. He was also the intelligence officer and the, and the actual nuclear inspector uh, against Iraq and Iran and Israel and all of this other stuff. His name is Scott Ritter. He's on YouTube now also. He breaks all of this down. He, he's been there. He lived in Israel for like six years. Uh, he's dealt with the inspectors. Like he knows where all the bodies are. And he's just putting everything out on YouTube. What was his name? Scott Ritter. R-I-T-T-E-R. All right, because I'm going to be looking matter that up. Fact, matter of fact, you just made me think of something else that I bet a lot of people don't know. NYPD. They constantly break laws anyway. But did you know, most people don't know this. NYPD has a police precinct in Israel, and Israel has a precinct in New York. And they exchange information with each other, which is technically illegal. You cannot share intelligence information from a city with a foreign entity. That is illegal. And they do it every day. Not Why? only that... Not only that, in this country, in, in, in the United States, you're not even supposed to gather intelligence on people unless you have a warrant. And NYPD is doing this without a warrant. Well, you would know. I mean, you would know a little right. bit of what they do. Um, right. You know, again, uh, to let people know that you were uh, a police officer with the NYPD for 25 years. Um, so you'd have a little bit of, you'd have, you're the only person on, on the show right now that would have any kind of insight as far as how to, how, how the NYPD operates and uh, and some of the reach that they have and some of the stuff that they've done because again you know uh, you know the other night I couldn't sleep so I started watching some YouTube stuff and it was they were talking about you know, there was like an old clips of Trevor Noah on the Daily Show where they were making all these people calling the police and. And I've said this before, and I'd love to get your feedback and your opinion on this. Um, I personally think that when somebody, and and, and we'll come back to, we'll, come, we, we'll jump around, but we'll come back to what you were just talking about. But I'm of the opinion that if somebody uh, uh, called the police on somebody else falsely, um, that not only should they be charged, uh, they, should, they should be charged for, uh, for making a false report, but also they should be paid, they should be paying uh, for the time and the and, and the money that it costs for 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 those police officers to to respond to something because if I call somebody and say hey Russell's over here he's brandishing a gun the cops are gonna come in thinking that's somebody with a gun and we see this all the time we call them cute names like Karens and Kens and stuff like that but people are calling the calling the police on on innocent people and the police are coming in hot because they don't know what they're coming into you know. And you end up having people get shot, having people get, you know, God forbid, get killed and people get hurt and 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 and, and all the in, indignities that happen to people. What are your thoughts on that? As far as like if somebody, you know, calls the police falsely, what should happen to that person once they realize that it was all BS? 
Well, what I would do and what is reality are two different things because I've actually done it. I've shown up on a few occasions and people have called the cops for no reason on somebody just because they didn't like the way they look. And I left, I left the scene with them in handcuffs. With the person that called them? And absolutely. All right. That's you're wasting, because- you're wasting oh. time. You're wasting time. You're wasting resources and putting somebody else's life in, in danger. Because what you're doing is, at that point, you're weaponizing the police. That's exactly right. And that's, not, that's where my question comes from. Um, is about the people who are weaponizing the police, the people who know that they'll get the benefit of the doubt, and and the person in the in the hoodie that looks like you and I are going to be the ones that are the automatic suspects. I mean, you can go back to the silliest one, which was the lady calling calling the cops on 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 the. I was watching Birds in Central Park, and thank God somebody was videotaping that because. she was out and out just lying. And definitely that is the definition of weaponizing the the, the police. And I think someone, especially when you have it on tape, that is, that is doing something like that. That person should be charged. Like, I don't know what they did. But it's the caucasity of it all for me. (laughs) (laughs) Say that again. I said, it's the caucasity of it all for me. Well, yeah, right. And that's um, like you know what do we do with 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 these kinds of people because there's examples every it seems like it happens like every week but but there's examples almost you know you know consistently of people just weaponizing the police against someone like you said because they don't like the way they look or they think they're in the wrong neighborhood or they think you know uh, they don't want them in you know they don't want them in uh, uh, in their corner or they don't want them walking down their own streets or whatever and you don't get to dictate who walks down the street. Well, what it boils down to, and I've had I've had discussions with with the police department while I was there, and that's why I used to argue with a, a lot of them. Um, many police departments suffer from what's called symbolic opponent syndrome, and what they do to go what? around things. Whoa, whoa, what is that? What is that? <laughs> I'll just explain to you what the concept is. So. Anytime we went through something in the police department, they had their own image of what a bad guy was, right? So whenever it was a a minority, they'd have on a hoodie, uh, earring, and like all this other crazy stuff. When it came to a white white criminal, they were either dressed like a hell's angel with a big mustache, a handlebar mustache, biker jackets and all that. I said, first of all, nobody dresses like that anymore, number one. And I said, that's not what a white criminal looks like. Real white criminals go everywhere from the hood to Wall Street. Right. So, so to stereotype this is what a white criminal looks like is wrong. But when it comes to the minority ones, it's funny how the minority criminals, their clothing and everything looks up to date. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, so when they show up, when they show up on a scene, they're suffering from symbolic opponent syndrome. So when they show up and they see uh, like a big black guy or whatever or something like that, they're really looking out to see if they got to pull their gun or if, if he's big or or whatever it is. Sometimes they'll just pull their gun to make sure in case he gets any ideas. But if, if they show up at a white person's house, somebody that's just laid back, it could be a damn serial killer that's just calm. They wouldn't even know. They just approach him and talk like everything's normal. Well, you're a big black guy. How often have you experienced stuff like that? Um, 
as far as as far as the police side in uniform, I didn't Not even, I'm talking about as far just, as undercover. As, I'm talking as, about just far, you. Oh yeah, as far as working undercover, when I was working undercover and just wearing plain clothes and hoodies and stuff like that. I had plenty of cops pulling me over. You see me walking around, not doing anything wrong, working undercover, and just pull me over because they see a big black guy. And what would their response be once they realize you were? Because <laughs> that's funny to me. Uh, oh no, they give they give the same nonsense that they use to pull anybody over anywhere. This is a drug a drug prone area. Even after they find out you were a cop, the entire United States is a drug prone area. <laughs> yeah so I, tell you, I, I tell you what i heard something i don't know 15 20 years ago that stuck to me that most u.s currency have traces of cocaine on them especially the 20 dollar bills i didn't i didn't know that was a thing yeah i really yeah. didn't i didn't know that was a thing yeah most of them prefer 20s over fives so <laughs> that's the pref that's what I think is hilarious about it. Is it's it's preferred that way. <laughs> All right, before yeah. we be before we get into the weeds, or actually, we got to conclude here soon. Um, what what is uh what is the company you want to highlight today? Well, last time I highlight I highlighted two. Um, if you want, you can do yours this time, and on the next show, I have another one I want to highlight. I'll just to the next show because I'm doing more background on it. Well, what I want to highlight today is not so much uh, a private entity as much as uh, it is the fact that um, you can call your your uh, your local offices um, uh, representatives. Um, you can call the election offices. Uh, I attended a, a uh, uh, I attended um, a training that taught people how to how to go about you know registering people to vote. Um, as you guys know, that's, that's my thing. I'm always going to somehow bring it back to that. I'm always going to bring it to entrepreneurship and, and, and voting. Cause I think those two things are extremely important and would, and it's something that we desperately need. Um, and so it's a really simple thing. You go and, and it's uh it's an online course. And then we, we actually had the person presented in person. Um, and it took about 55 minutes from start to finish. And at the end of it, when you're done, you are now uh, eligible to go to go out there and be able to, to register people to vote. I didn't know you could register homeless people to vote. That's I it. didn't know. But you I know what? Speaking of voting, yeah, I was thinking about this. I was thinking about this yesterday when I was reading about that anti-Semitism bill. Yeah. I'm sitting back and I'm th I'm thinking, you know what? When it came to Asian people, they quickly passed the anti. Asian hate bill. When it came to transgender, they quickly passed that bill, like quickly within weeks. Yep. Right. Now, within a week, they passed the anti-Semitism bill. But yep. but but you still you still have lingering for years the anti-lynching bill for black people and the yep. George Floyd bill. Yep. If that doesn't tell if that doesn't tell people what they need to see, I don't know what to tell them. And you don't know what, yeah, because at the end of the day, um, the rhetoric doesn't match the the, the action. Um, because we, you know, it's funny when I talk to my son about, you know, Emmett Till, or I talk to young people in general, uh, you know, I wasn't around during the sixties, you know, I wasn't born yet. Right. 
Uh, but but we have Eye on the Prize. We have documentaries. We have newspaper. We have the the history in the books. Not only are you trying to get rid of those that history, but also when I talk to them, when I talk to the young people about Emmett Till, they they don't really know. But with George Floyd, they watched this man get killed. Well, there's and something then, else that we had in the '60s. There's something else that we had in the '60s that we don't have today. Back then, we we chose our leaders. Right. Nowadays, the black leaders, the black leaders are chosen by people that aren't even black. They tell you these are your new leaders. Yeah, and then we, and then people go with it because because I think because it goes again to to what I'm saying. When it comes to voting, you have to be an informed voter, and a lot of people right now, get that. Right now, a lot of people are registering to vote, and believe it or not, a lot of them are not going to vote at all. They're going to sit this one out because they don't want to vote Republican, but. A lot of people are not happy with Biden, and a lot of people say, well, I don't like Biden, but I'm not going for Trump, so I'm just going to sit it out. That's a vote a for lot Trump. Of people. That's a vote for Trump. I, that, I mean, look, at the end of the day, we keep repeating the same stuff, man. Just like you said uh, with, with, with what Israel is doing in, in Palestine, we're repeating history. We're repeating history again right, right now. Right? We're repeating well, I just can't understand. Yeah, I just can't understand. And like you and I have said this once before, and this is my belief. Black people need to sit out one or two election cycles and get leverage. That's how you shake the Democratic Party up. That's because how you shake every Right, exactly. Because as you've always heard me say, leverage is everything. And why would a party do anything for you and they clearly keep showing you they're not doing anything for you when they do nothing for you and get over 90% of your vote anyway? So now... I, and after every election cycle, they're the first ones to jump on TV. Oh, the black people, the black vote made the difference in this election. But when it comes time to do stuff for black people, all of a sudden there's excuses. Nope. So yeah. the black people just sit, if black people just sit out one or two elections, like you said, we will have leverage. Me, I've always said black people need to go independent anyway. Sign up independent. Let the Democrats and the Republicans fight, fight for your vote. Then you start offering what your tangibles are. Whoever gives us what we're asking for, instead of just talking about it, might get our vote for just that election cycle. And that's it. Make both of them fight. And make, I love, I love the idea that might get the vote. Because at the end of the day, if they believe they're going to get it no matter what, there's no reason for them to motivate and do anything. And again, yeah. this is on view, guys. Uh, keep keep, uh, keep tuning in. Um, you know, uh, Russell, Russell and Seth is on right now. And, and at the end of the day... You know, we want you to really uh, provoke you in thinking and, and really think outside the box, as they say, and really start thinking about what's, what's in your best interest, because that's really what it comes down to. You got to vote for what's in your best interest. You got to pay attention around what's happening with you. And we started out this, this, this whole thing talking about, you know, purchasing power when it comes to the holidays. And uh, and we we were ending it that we talked about, you know, all the stuff that's going on around the world. And now and we got a history lesson. Kian and I got a history lesson today. And I hope you guys got, you know, got something out of it as well. And now we're talking about your vote. So when it comes to your money, don't give it away so cheap. When it comes to your vote, don't give it away so cheap. Pay attention. And also, right. Go ahead. And, Go also, ahead. and also just to concur with what you're saying. Now that this election year is coming up, you're going to see the Democratic Party trying to shame black people to, into voting for them and saying all type of crazy stuff. Like I said, 
It's even at the point where even Biden had the nerve to say on national TV, if you don't vote for me, you're not black. This is how, this is, this is the clown show that we're at. You know what I mean? They will sit up there, they will sit up there and shame you and guilt you and everything. Like, how could you not vote for us? And then once they get their vote, they don't do a damn thing for you. And they do it for everybody else. Not only that, but but I don't I don't see it, or at least I haven't seen it, where anybody would say to any other group, if you don't vote for me, you're not that group. I haven't you will heard never, that. you will never see that happen. You will never see that happen. That's Only my point. Us. That's my point. So we have to make sure that our, our money is not cheap, our votes are not cheap, our lives are not cheap. Um and 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 we're showing up for the things we're supposed to show up for and making people work for us. Again, well, this here's is another thing. I'm sorry, here's the other thing. The Democrats are also the Democrats are also pushing hard to bring in as many immigrants as possible so they can eventually replace the black vote. There you go. Speak on that a little bit. We only have a few more minutes, but go ahead and speak on that a little bit. Yeah, so what they try and do is they try and pull on your heartstrings as far as, oh, you know what, they have to run from their homeland and all this other stuff. They're bringing all these immigrants over here, like from Venezuela and the Ukraine and everything else. They're giving them all of your tax dollars. They gave all the ones from Ukraine, they gave them Social Security, which you can't get that you've been paying for your whole life. You know what I mean? They're giving them houses and everything else. They're treating them all fine. And guess what? You know what neighborhoods they're putting them in. They're getting them jobs. You know who they're taking the jobs from. Yeah. I mean, that's... That's, at the end of the day, that's that's the saddest part about it is everybody understands the way the system works here and everybody understands who's at the bottom. And we have to figure out a way to get to 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 get from the bottom. And, and, and part of that, part of that is leveraging, leveraging your money, well, leveraging right. your vote and leveraging who you support. Go ahead. Well, here's the crazy part. The crazy part is a lot of them came over here. They were given a house, given a job, given money. And then they'll be the first ones to sit back and say, I don't understand why black people are living like this. I only came to this country with 400 bucks in my pocket. Right. Yeah, no, you have 400 bucks, but you got a house, you got all, all of this other stuff. They always fail to leave that part out. And the part that I think is funny, and, and we've seen it happen, it's going to happen again, is wait a generation, those people that, that you're saying Democrats are going to bring in, they're going to start voting Republican anyway. Especially Cubans. That's the short view. That's the short view. Bring them over here for the short while. And then on the long view, which is the name of the show, they're going to flip anyways. Well, that's how Marco Rubio in Florida stays in office. He tells them, look, if you can hear the amount of Ukraine-Russian accents in Pasadena, California alone, you would be wow. See, and the crazy thing is that's how Marco Rubio in Florida stays in the Senate. When it comes time for election, he convinces all those Cubans that if you don't vote to keep me in, I'm the only thing between you and and, and Castro Cuba. Yep. And they fall for it. And that's the thing. It's like, you know, uh, scaring people is the surest way to getting them to, to both be controlled. But more importantly, you got to give them a scapegoat. You got to give them a thing right, that... The only... Uh, right. The only way to counteract fear is to educate yourself. If you educate yourself on who's running what they stand for and what they plan on doing, then you won't fall for the trickery as easy as somebody just telling you, oh, did you hear what he said? He wants to do this and this and this. You know it's a lie when, you, when you've educated yourself on what this person is actually proposing. Which again is, is another way of saying you 
the long view. Because the easiest thing to do is to listen to a snippet or, or a clip on television and say, okay, that's what made up my mind. The long way, the hardest way is to actually go and do the, do the work. Educate yourself, do the research. Those things are difficult. And most people will, will, will spend an hour trying to find a two minute shortcut. I think I think it was either it might have been either Franklin, Thomas Jefferson, or Lincoln. One of them said, if you don't educate yourself and vote, you will get the government that you want, but not the one you deserve. Right. And that's where we are now. And that's yeah. exactly where we are now. And that's I mean, I could not that's a that's a really uh powerful way to end the show because that's exactly where we are right now. We, 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 you know, we're, a lot of people are voting for the people they want, quote unquote, but we're not getting what we deserve. And at the end of the day, this, this, this country is so much better than where we are right now. And I love this country and I know you love this country. We all love this country. And, and right. you know, we have to, we have to expect more and we have to do better, period. And the best thing, and we're going to keep saying this, we're going to keep saying this show after show, you got to have leverage. And you got to make sure that you don't sell short. You cannot make your money, your vote, and your life cheap. If you make those things cheap, you don't matter. Except for every four years or, or, or every two years. That's the only time you'll matter. And you'll end up in the same spot. Once again, this is said. That's Russell. And this is how we're going to end it today. Um, any parting words that you have to say, Professor? I'm going to call you Professor after this. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm good. I'm good. Just living the life. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. I hope you feel better, man. Uh, safe travels. And uh, and and we'll be seeing you guys. Actually, hold on a sec. Let me check this calendar. Are we seeing everybody in two weeks? I got to check this calendar real quick. Um, we, probably, we probably won't resume until January after the holidays. Yep, because yep, yep, I'm looking at it. Yep, in two weeks, it'll be the 26th. So the chances are we won't see you guys. So in the meantime... I'm going to say this to everyone, because at the end of the day, when you fall for the okie doke, you'll fall for anything. I'm going to say happy holidays. I'm going to say happy Kwanzaa. I'm going to say Merry Christmas. I'm going to say happy Hanukkah. I'm going to say happy, happy to everybody, because at the end of the day, if you think there's a culture war going on because you don't get to say the specific thing you want to say and everybody else don't get to say it, you already fell for the okie doke. So peace, peace, blessing to everybody. And we'll see you guys in the new year. Peace.